everybody, and welcome to episode one of the Central Texas Football Podcast, a podcast where we'll be covering the Super Centex region of Texas high school football. My name is Ryan Fox, and joining alongside me is Mr. Kenny Heath. And Kenny, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, buddy. I'm excited. I think we're going to bring something to Central Texas that's been missing. And uh, I'm ready to get started. Yeah, I am as well. It's a very, very competitive region in the state of Texas. A lot of state championships, especially recently. Just last year, we've had two state champions coming out of this region and China Spring and Lorena. So it is a very, very talented region with a bunch of good coaching and a bunch of good players. And we are very, very excited to be covering this region of Texas high school football. And just to break down what we're going to be doing uh, every week during the show, we'll be having the opportunity to talk with coaches from across the region. We'll have a couple on today's episode for you, as we'll be speaking with Craig Horn from Axtell, Ryan Ebner from Grandview, and Stephen Almute from Hillsboro. And it'll be fun. We're very excited. We've been looking forward to this for a couple weeks now. So that's pretty much the show. We'll be covering a number of districts across the region of Texas, and we'll be breaking those down in today's episode. And don't forget, and not this, we got one this week uh, segment, and it'll be every week. We got Ask Step, which uh, if you don't know, Matt Stepp is the guru of Texas high school football. And then next week, when we start picking games, we'll have a guest picker. And uh, we'll have uh, Mr. Jay Black, who is the uh, vice president of operations of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. So we're excited about getting those guys on board. It'll be awesome to speak with the great minds of Texas high school football, especially across the Super Centex region. And we'll start things up next as we will have our coverage of Super Centex region, starting with 6A District 12 coming up after this. And welcome back. We are starting now our district previews from the districts across Central Texas. And again, to break this down, we we only selected a, hand, a handful of districts across the state that cover the greater Central Texas area. As far north as we would go is probably the Grandview Maypearl area. And as we go up from there, and as far down south we go is probably the Colleen Temple Belton area. So that's the area of Texas that we'll be covering. And we will start things off with District 12. 12-6-A, which is a very, very competitive district, isn't it, Kenny? It is, and I think uh, Midway was really excited when those came out that they got out of the north. They got out of DeSoto, Cedar Hill, those dudes up there. Tremendous football, but hey, let's give them a break and send them down south. Send them back home, exactly. And they'll be put in a district with uh, one Colleen team in Harker Heights, which was a nine-win team a year ago, along with Pflugerville Weiss, Hutto, Bryan and Cockers Cove, along with Waco Midway. So send them down south is absolutely right. And we'll start off with our predictions. My top four, I have Temple, Harker Heights, Pflugerville Weiss, and Hutto at number four. What do you have, Kenny? I agree. I think uh, I just don't see how you don't put Temple number one. They've got a tremendous running back coming back, Mr. Runfield. 1,900 yards, 27 touchdowns. 
He's just a dude. He's unbelievable. They also returned 27 lettermen, 10 of which were starters in last year's 9-3 area finalist team. And Scott Stewart, one of the most probably energetic coaches across the state, not just in Central Texas, but in the entire state of Texas. He'll be he'll be bringing back some dudes, like you said. And then linebacker Torian York, six foot two twenty, Mikel Harrison Pilot, one of the top recruits across the country at the wide receiver defensive back position. So they are very very talented. That guy's like a Swiss Army knife. I think he can do it all. Play wide receiver, defensive and back. That's how they use him. Utility utility player. They put him anywhere. And you, know, you see these defenses, they probably try to double him, and that doesn't really do much. All he does is go out there and spread the field and help his teammates get open across the field. He's a very talented player. Agreed. And second, also, we have Harker Heights returning 15 starters from a team that went 9-2 and two last year. They did lose a couple studs in Terrence Carter, Marcus Maple, and Romeo Tawa. But they do bring back, again, 15 starters, and they'll be looking to take that top district spot from Temple, and I think they have the talent to do it. I agree, and, you know, another great offensive player that Harker Heights, Rishon Sanford, 2,300 yards, 27 touchdowns, and another four touchdowns receiving. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. They also have some young players across the board with sophomores Christopher Robinson, Jeremy Jennings, and Lamarian Hatcher. So they will have some talent across the board, especially young talent. But it does help having that experience bringing back 15 starters. Yeah, and don't forget their quarterback, the reigning newcomer of the year for the district, Mr. Plake. Dylan, he had 1,900 yards passing last year plus 30 touchdowns. Like we said, there's going to be a lot of points scored. And then the Brian Vikings, they also bring back 15 starters from a 10-win team a year ago. Uh, they went undefeated in district last year, moving into a new district. Well, for them, it will be more northward of the teams they'll be playing that, that they're used to as they'll be traveling more north to play schools like Temple, Coppers Cove, and Midway. So that will be an interesting challenge for them. But they do have... I believe they have a new coach this year, Steve Van Meter. I believe it is his first year at Bryan as well, and he'll be inheriting a very talented team with, again, 15 starters returning. So, th- again, this this district alone is very competitive, and they have the top the top three teams combined for 28 wins last year. I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. And Bryan returns a lot on offense, I think seven. A lot of athletes, a pretty good little quarterback, so it's going to be fun. Yes. I mean, Midway is getting a little bit of relief, but I don't think they're getting that much. This, this is going to be a tough district. Yes, it will be. And then at our number four spot, we have Hutto. And this was this district was hard to choose to put at number four because, you know, Coppers Cove and Midway did struggle last season, but Hutto and Bryan, they're both they're both up there. I mean, uh, Hutto, not as good of a record as Bryan last year, but they probably had a bit tougher schedule. They finished five and six and made it to the by district round last year, but they're returning 13 total starters from a team that was pretty young last year, and they now have a a whole another year of experience under their belts. Yeah, and I agree. And, and again, they're returning eight starters on offense. So look for them to put some points on the board. 
And that is the one 6A district we'll be covering on our show throughout the season. Now let's move on down to 5A Division One. We'll be covering District 4. And this is a very top-heavy district. A lot of question marks, though, but I think right now Midlothian's the, the clear favorite to take that district crown. Yeah, 8-5 and five team. Last year, regional semifinals. Uh, starting to put some things together. I know they've kind of been the uh, little... Although they're a lot older than Heritage, but they're kind of the stepbrother to Midlothian Heritage. Now they're starting to do some things of their own, and they look to be pretty good this year. They're returning 12 starters from a team that went three rounds deep a year ago and finished second in district last year. And, again, they were in a tough district last year. They also moved south where they'll be playing teams that have struggled recently, like Granbury and Waco High. It'll give them more opportunities to go ahead and take this district. Yeah, and Cleburne, you know, they, they've got a new coach coming in. Their guy went to Alvarado back to his hometown. So what I'm interested in is Lake Belt. These guys have played a, a JV kind of outlaw schedule the last two years. Now Coach Cope, he's fixing to uh, see what he's got. They returned everybody from last everybody, year. Everybody, all 22 starters from a team that went undefeated in their outlaw schedule yeah. a year ago. D1 receiver in Wilcox. So, yeah, these guys are going to be pretty good, I would, I would imagine. And don't overlook the quarterback, too. Cruz, 6'2", 228, and he is a heck of an athlete. I believe over 2,000-yard passer a year ago and, and on a very potent offense. Oh, yeah. And in the third spot, we'll have Colleen Shoemaker, the Gray Wolves, as they return 13 starters from a team that went 3-6 and six a year ago. But again, having of the number three spot, this is, a, again, a very top-heavy district as a lot of the lower half teams, including Red Oak, Colleen Ellison, Colleen High, Waco, Cleburne, and Granbury, have struggled in recent times. So, but again, with Lake Belton, they played an outlaw schedule a year ago, which is, it's kind of hard to tell because a lot of their competition was not UIL competition. Yes, exactly. It was, you know, private schools or charter schools or whatever the case may be. So it'll be interesting to see how a team that returns the house, everybody that went 9-0 last year can match up against this this new UIL tougher competition. I mean, they, they have the talent. And they also moved something. up two divisions. They were a 481 in baseball last year, so I don't. I think the competition they played was kind of at that level. Now they're going up two levels to 5AD1, and that'll be interesting also. Yes, it will. So not only the the level of competition, but the size they're going to have to deal with, you know, playing teams with more players. So does depth become an issue with this team? You never know. I mean, again, they have a lot of experience returning all 22 starters, but it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm very, very much looking forward to see how they compete in this UIL district play. And then at our number four spot, we do have the Red Oak Hawks, a team that was pretty good a couple of years ago. But last year they did finish two and eight, and but they do return nine starters, and they have a very very good quarterback in Jalen Robinson. Yeah, I think he's a, a pretty good little dual threat. 2,000 yards passing, 400 yards rushing last year, six TDs rushing, 20 yards passing. So, uh, yeah, they were they they, they were uh, pretty potent a couple years ago, kind of had a little downturn now. I think they're looking to turn things around. Yeah, I, I believe they graduated a really big senior class mm-hmm. two seasons ago. And, you know, in overall throughout its history, it's been a pretty decent program, but it did take a drop after uh, the class from two years ago graduated. But it's... I do see them competing and taking over the rest of the Colleen schools and Waco and Cleveland and Granbury for this fourth playoff spot. I agree. 
Moving on down now to 5A Division 2, we'll be covering District 11. Again, another district that is pretty top-heavy with Leander Rouse, which comes into the 2022 season ranked number 8 in 5A Division 2. And for good reason, they bring in back 17 starters from a team that went 11-2 and last year and undefeated in district. And the big reason for that is their quarterback, Mason Shorb. Yeah, he seems like he's the real deal. Uh, I think they're bringing back a few offensive linemen. Again, seems the theme of this whole podcast is, man, there's going to be a lot of good offenses out here. But, again, for Rouse, too, they do return a lot of heavy defensive players as well. Linebacker Zachary Lacombe and defensive back Peyton Vest. Also return Nico Fisher, defensive lineman, a very athletic one from a year ago along the edge. So a very talented team across the board. And Coach Joshua Mann probably feels pretty good about having that many starters back and building upon an 11-win team last season. I bet so. And after them, we will have the Belton Tigers at our number two spot. Coach Brent Sniffen returns back nine, team, nine players from the playoff team a year ago. And again, going back to offenses, a big key for that is they'll be bringing back their 6'5", 185 quarterback, Ty Brown. Yeah, they probably a big sigh of relief because they dropped down a level and uh, maybe even the playing field a little bit. Yes, it will. And then at number three, we will have Pflugerville. The Panthers returned 12 starters from a 5-5 five and five team a year ago, but they, again, 12 starters bring back a lot of experience. And Charles Taylor, head coach over there for the Panthers, probably feels pretty good about his returning experience, and they could probably make a playoff run here in this 2022 season. Yeah, and they, they lost a few, but I think they got some coming back, so they should feel be feeling pretty good. And some pretty good. They, they lost a player to Utah last year, so some D1 players across the board down in Pflugerville. And then at number four, this may shock some of you, but I have the Waco <laughs> University Trojans. Yes, I have a team that went 0-10 a year ago fighting up there for that number four spot. And I'll tell you why. They returned 25 Letterman, 15 starters. And again, offensively, they return the house. They return running back Makai Sandolph. And they three of their five offensive linemen are returning. And they also get, interestingly enough, a new quarterback, Thomas Chandler, will be coming in to take over the reins under center. And then they also return the defensive back, Dontrell DeGreat, who was an all-district player a year ago at the defensive back position, and he'll be the bell cow for this Trojan defense. Ryan, I would love to agree with you, but due to my allegiance with my old baseball coach, Coach Mike McEachern, who is now the uh, athletic director at Flu. Pflugerville ISD, I'm going to go with Conley. <laughs> and, I mean, you're you're not wrong in in that guess because Pflugerville did a little bit better than University a year ago. They went 3-7, and seven, but at the same time, they only returned four starters on either side of the ball, which I think that returning experience for University, it just gives them that little edge for me to fight in there and get that last playoff spot. 
Let's move it on down now to 5A, excuse me, 5-4A Division One, where <laughs> the first of two absolute gauntlet districts that we'll be covering this year. And there are two state champions from last year's season in this district alone in Stephenville and China Spring. And <laughs> that's got to make it pretty tough on the other three left in this district. No, I agree. This is what you call the SEC of 4A football <laughs> in Texas. Stephenville, China Spring, La Vega, Alvarado. Alvarado's picked fourth, but they're not a pushover. They got a new coach this year coming over. Well, it was at Grandview. Went to Cleburne. Now Coach Wild Ravens over at uh, Alvarado. And this is just a tough, tough district, man. I mean, it's, I mean, even when you look at a district and – you think you look at the teams in it, and you think La Vega's gonna finish third? That should that should tell you something, because this is. I mean, La Vega they return a lot of experience from last year's team, but I mean, having two of two of last year's four A state champions in your district has got to be tough. I mean, just look at China Spring. Now, China Spring does have some questions. As again, we'll get to that with the Matt Step segment later in the show. They they returned 12 starters from the undefeated 16 and 0 for a Division II state champions team a year ago. But China Spring does move up a division. They move up to Division One, and having four a Division One state champion from a year ago, Stephenville, on it, that's that's a tough test for for the China Spring Cougars. Yeah, well, you look at Stephenville, 16 and 0 uh, D1 champ from last year. They returned six and six. And more importantly, they returned Ryder Lambert. 4,200 yards passing last year, 52 touchdowns. And he also rushed for 831 yards and another 11 touchdowns. They're going to have a great defense. they got a two-headed monster at a linebacker with Tate Maruska and Julian Irabirum. I think that's his name. And they're just loaded. They're just going to reload. And then you go to China Springs and say, well, you lost your awesome quarterback. Well, hey, guess what? The dude from Wimberley just transferred in. (laughs) And he threw for. 2,300 yards last year and 28 touchdowns. So I think it's that helps. It's going to be worth your money. It's going to be worth your money to go watch these games this year. I mean, again, and again, with a team as experienced and dominant over the past few years like La Vega, I mean, they weren't they weren't no pushover. A nine and four regional semifinalist a year ago, and a lot of people have them at number three, ourselves included. But that's just again, the top three teams in this district combined for 40 wins. In the 2021 season, let me repeat that. Three teams combined for 40 wins last year. And that's just seeing this high level of competition playing each other in district play where it really counts is really going to be awesome to see. Yeah, and not only is China Spring getting the new quarterback, they also returned their do-it-all guy, Trey Hafford. They got the X-Line brothers they returned. This is just going to be, I think this offense is probably going to be more explosive than it was last year. It's unbelievable how fun this district is going to be. And then that number four spot, again, as you pointed out, Alvarado's no slouch. I mean, they have a program with a lot of experience, played for a state championship a decade ago, and they returned 13 starters from a team that, that did go 2-8. and eight. And then again, 13 starters. That's a lot of experience coming back. And that includes their running back, Jaden Bridgewater, 5'5", 135, but a very explosive tailback there. And 
again, to your point, they'll be bringing a new coach, Casey Wallraven, as Jeff Dixon elected to retire a, a while back. And it'll be interesting to see how the former Cleburne coach comes in and takes over this Indian program. Well, let's run back to LaVega real quick. They return three on defense, but they're always good on defense. They're just going to reload. They got kids ready to step up. And they have probably one of the best running – well, he was a sophomore last year, going to be a junior. Bryson Rowland, 1,700 yards, 18 touchdowns as a sophomore last year. Keep your eye on that guy. I mean, when – again, Don hides your coach. I mean, you, he puts you in a good position. He's a really good coach. He's taken this team to, I believe, two state champions in his tenure there. And he was on the a, uh, he was on the staff at La Vega before that as well. I believe he was the defensive coordinator before he took over as head coach a couple years back. So never count out the Pirates. They're always going to be a perennial powerhouse in the Super Centex region. And again, the fact that us and most other media outlets have them finishing third just tells you how unbelievably stacked this district is. Yes, sir. Move on down now to 4A Division 2 now. We'll take a look at District 4. And, again, a very competitive district, but I think all roads in this district lead through Glen Rose, Texas. I agree, buddy. 10-2 last year. They're returning 10 offensive starters. Uh, the true dual-threat quarterback in Hudson White, 1,500 yards last year, 11 touchdowns. Rushed for 1,800 and scored 30 touchdowns rushing. <sighs> Uh, to me, they're a region favorite. Maybe them and Hershey. I don't know how the playoffs are going to line up. They'll meet each other second, third, fourth round. But uh, those two are definitely the favorite in that region. If, I mean, if running, returning 10 stars, including that dual threat quarterback, 17 total starters from a team that went 10-2 and two and undefeated in district a year ago. They only graduated eight seniors last year. Again, they bring back a lot, a lot of key players in a, again, another program that has been very successful over the past years, and a lot of that has been due to their quarterback play. And I, I think I think they're a clear favorite to take this district. But again, it is a very talented district. Who do you have at number two in this district? Uh, I agree with the magazine. They have Ferris uh, to get. I know they got a great little quarterback over there. Got some skilled players. Uh, I think I'd like to pick Hillsboro that spot, but I just think Hillsboro maybe is a year away. But I think uh, I'd go with Ferris. Could be. I, I I'm gonna go against you there. I did go with Hillsborough. They returned 10 starters from a playoff team a year ago. And you got to remember, they lost their quarterback, Austin Cook, and I believe week two a year ago to a season-ending injury. And he comes back this year, and he'll have 10 starters, including himself, returning. I think for Coach Steven Almute, it'll, I think they have a good chance to take second place in this district. They'll take, they'll take a playoff spot for sure. There's no doubt about that. But I think they'll fight over Ferris to get that second spot. Yeah, and we got to uh, talk to Coach Almute, and that's him a few questions. We did talk with Coach Almute, and and we asked him about how important it was going back to Austin Cook. How important it is to have him back to lead this Eagle offense. And this is Coach Almute. He said Austin is such a great kid, and he does so much for this team on and off the field. With him back on the field, it brings a the it brings the the confidence level of the team to a higher level. And Austin is he's just excited to have the opportunity to play football again after going down so early in the season last year. And I mean, Coach says he doesn't have much to prove, but I mean. Coming back from the heart injury like that, it it 
could be hard to tell, but I mean, it seems like they have all the confidence in the world now they got their quarterback. Yeah, in this offense. he'll have some help with wide receiver and defensive back DeAndre Sanders. Great skill kid. Uh, we're going to get, I actually get to see him early in the year, and uh, I'll have a report back on that one. Awesome. So we talked about Ferris again, and tell us a little bit about the Yellow Jackets. Well, Ferris is getting back uh, Nathan Green, their quarterback. He threw for 1,500 yards last year, uh, 16 touchdowns, rushed for four touchdowns. But they also get back uh, their running back, Mr. Willis, who went for about 1,100 yards, 13 touchdowns. They got a good wide receiver, Mr. Dixon. And uh, I think they're going to have a pretty good little offense. Are they on Glen Rose's level? No. I think there's several or very few teams that's going to be on Glen Rose's level. Maybe Stephenville, like we talked before, maybe China Spring, but not a whole lot. And at that four spot here in District 4, 4A Division 2, it was kind of hard to choose between Godley and Benbrook. And I just gave the slight edge to Godley to take that last playoff spot. They return nine starters from a team that went three and seven a year ago. But if you look at their schedules compared to Benbrook, it was definitely a lot tougher. I mean, you see, golly, they played schools like Grandview, Springtown, which was a team that was a state semifinalist a couple years back, Glen Rose, Quinlan Ford, who was one of the top rushing teams in the country last year. So they had a very tough schedule. And then you look at Benbrook's schedule. Yes, they did have a better record. They were 6-5 and five by district finalists a year ago. But they only returned seven starters from last year's team, and they had, if we're being honest, a pretty easy schedule. I mean, they're in a district with all the Fort Worth schools, which Fort Worth historically it doesn't have the most success when it comes to football. They're playing schools such as Diamond Hill, Jarvis, Carter Riverside, schools like that. So I think when you take a look at that and you compare what Godley and Benbrook are bringing back comparatively to where they played and who they've played over the last few years, I've got to give the edge to Godley to take that last spot. Yeah, I'm not agree with you. Uh, man, you think of Godly, you think of eight, nine wins a year. You know, Coach Lowry's been there for three or four years, Stephenville guy. You think he's going to bring some toughness to that program. Uh, I'll go with Godly. I think they're going to probably surprise maybe a few people. I don't know. They're going to battle it out with Hillsborough or Ferris. Uh, I'll look for them to be competitive this year. I mean, the two through four spots, playoff spots in the district aren't set in stone. I mean, there, there will be some great battles throughout this district every Friday night. But, I mean, again, all roads lead through Glen Rose in this district, I believe. Yes, sir. Staying in 4A Division 2 now, we'll be moving over to District 11. Again, another very deep district in this 4A Division II class. And it's it's going to be a battle for the number one playoff spot between Salado and Waco Connolly. Yeah, and Salado gets a new coach in their hometown guy, former Allen, head coach Tom Westerberg. They're going to be switching offenses from the Coach Allen Harris run base to the spread. Uh, I saw a few news stories where the kids look like they were really excited to start spreading the ball out. So I don't know. I mean, maybe you put Connolly at number one. Maybe you put Salado. They're, they're transitioning to a whole different offense. Uh, I know there's some hard-nosed kids down there. It'll be interesting. I mean, they're, they're a team that's consistently two or three rounds 
rounds deep every year. And a reason for that is they're they're always very good up front, and that that's helped them in this run based offense. But I think it'll also pay dividends with this more spread offense. And they have eleven starters returning from a playoff team a year ago, thirty lettermen overall. So a couple of those depth players will be returning as well. And again, moving over to the spread offense for the Eagles, having you know a more wider playbook for their quarterback, Cade Strickland, is going to help them out as well. And in that tough battle for the number one playoff spot in this district, fighting with the Eagles will be the Connolly Cadets. Now, Dave Campbell's Texas football does have them finishing number number two in this district, but I actually have them finishing number one. What about you, Kenny? I mean, if you're just looking at the stats, and eight, they return eight and eight on offense and defense. They've got D1 talent over the field. Yeah, you would think Connolly would finish number one. But if you look at their history <laughs> – They've had all the talent in the world, and they just uh, – this is Coach Garrett's second year. Hopefully he puts it together. They've got the talent. Quarterback Jelani McDonald, 865, nine TDs passing, 576 rushing, six touchdowns. They've got the talent. If they can put it together, I think they can win the district. Um, history doesn't prove that. Yes, that is that is a good point. But they did go 4-6 and six a year ago in the by-district round. And, again, they do return 16 starters in quarter – including their quarterback, Jelani McDonald, again, to your point, over 1,400 all-purpose yards a year ago. And they are, again, they're very talented across the board. But, again, that question is, will they play up to their talent potential and will it translate to wins? Because the Salado, when they play Salado, it's going to be a very, very good game for this district championship. But, again, don't, don't sleep on Madisonville and Gatesville. I mean, Madisonville has been very good recently as well. They returned 16 starters from a playoff team a year ago, and a lot of those guys have returning now are on their defensive side of the football, which will help them out a lot. Yeah, but they also got a lot of speed on offense, and they return eight on offense, eight on defense, so I think it's going to be a dogfight between them them and Gatesville for uh, three and four. Uh, unfortunately, Robinson, new coaching staff, I'd love to see them do better. They return four uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, the Rockets have struggled a little bit over the past two years, but who knows? At any time a new coach and coaching staff comes in, you just never really know how a team could perform. But, I mean, looking at Robinson's history, they're usually a pretty salty ball club. And just the, the last two years they've taken, you know, a little step off. But, again, just they have the talent. They've always had the talent and, you know, the athleticism at Robinson. It just depends on if they have the right coach to – that can properly utilize that talent. Yeah, and I think Coach Allison did a great job over there. They kind of had, uh, I, I would say, not a step back, probably two or three steps back with the last guy they had the last two years. They swapped their offense around. I know two years ago they had the a really great athletic quarterback, and they ended up lining him up under center, running the option, which I thought was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not an offense that you would typically see the Rockets hold in. As, as we saw, it, it didn't really work out for him. So, again, I believe Mike Lulo is 
the new head coach of the Rockets, he will be bringing in a more traditional pass-first offense, which is what the Rockets are accustomed to. So if they're able to put the right guys in the right places and spread the ball around, I think they'll be a bit more successful. But again, this is a very tough district, so it's hard to see them. They might be able to fight Gatesville for that fourth playoff spot, but again, as the last two years have gone, it, it might be a tougher hill to climb for them. Moving on down now to 3A Division One, where we will start at District 7. Again, another top-heavy district in this Super Centex region. If you can even call it that, because there are five, count them, five Dallas schools in this district. And then you got the four traditional Super Centex teams in Grandview, Maple West, and Whitney. So, again... A top-heavy district, Grandview and West, both come in to the 2022 season ranked in the top 10 of the DCTF football rankings. Grandview coming in at number 6, and the Trojans of West coming in at number 10. So a, a tough battle in this district in that for that number one spot because Grandview and West, they've been in the same district for, it seems, the last four or five years now. And it just seems they just go back and forth and beating each other to get that top district spot. And last year, the Trojans ended up getting on top of the Zebras to take the District 7 crown. And again, not much has changed about this district compared to last year. It, all they did was add two charter schools from Dallas. So I think the top four is really not exactly cut and dry. I mean, again, the one and two spots and the three and four spots will be a battle because Grandview and West will with their rankings and how much both of them are bringing back from last year's successful teams. I mean, West went undefeated until the quarterfinals where they went against a very tough Mount Vernon team. But So Granby and West will be fine for that, for that number one spot, and Whitney and Maypro will be battling for the third spot. And so we'll start with the Zebras. And touching on the Zebras, we did reach out to Coach Ryan Ebner of the Zebras and asked him a question. And the question to Coach Ebner was, they they chose another round of tough pre-district games. And again, looking at it, they're playing Glen Rose, Malakoff for their two pre-district games. And I mean, it's only two games, but that's an absolute gauntlet. I mean, they're picked to they're pick, they're picked to lose by two scores against Glen Rose, and who knows against Malakoff? I mean, the, overall they've done pretty well against Malakoff, actually beating them for their first state title back in 2018. So that rivalry's kind of gone back and forth a little bit, but again, we talked to Coach Ebner about selecting those tough pre-district games and how it helps them, not only district play, but eventually down the road in the playoffs, and Coach Ebner's response was, it shows what teams think are your weak spots are and what you need to address. It's all, it also gives players an understanding of where they need to be to compete at those levels. Conditioning, effort, and understanding of a great opponent. Playing great teams is not easy, and that is absolutely true but if you prepare and play hard for four quarters you can always give yourself a chance and he shared his team quote which is you're never a loser if you never learn and and that's the only way to learn and get better is if you play competition that pushes you and I think that's a great point by coach Ebner I agree and that's it you know the way this district fell you basically have to go out and find some tough talent in your pre-district because you're going to be playing four or five and I hate to say this but Powder puffs. I mean, I mean yeah, you're it, not going to be tested 
maybe twice in district. So you've got to go out there and find some, some competition. And again, that goes for any team too. I mean, if you if you're a perennial powerhouse and you're out here playing, you know, easy to your term powder puff games in the pre-district schedule, I mean, you're probably up by five or six scores on those teams going to the second half. So your your starters aren't playing a you know full four quarters, which which could impact them down the road with conditioning and you know if you, if you're beating teams by 50 you're not really improving because there's no level of competition and that's again a great point by coach Ebner is that if you're playing competition that pushes you getting pushed is the only way you're going to get better and although you know again Grandview they returned 15 starters from a 9-win team a year ago including their wide receiver Case in English who is an absolute monster on the offensive side of the football last year yeah he uh, both ways man he can play defense he can play offense they get Ryder Hayes back almost 2,000 yards 24 touchdowns but what I think Case in English is a stud Ryder Hayes is a stud but you look at that defense a returning nine you got a pair of linebackers in Jacob Rome and Braden Price that defense is going to be great. Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, the last two seasons, relatively speaking, most programs will be absolutely happy with getting the second, third round of the playoffs. But after going to back to back state championship games and winning both back in 2018 and 2019, the, the level of standard of excellence at Grandview has changed exponentially. So they've they've been taken out of the second round the last two years, but with how much they're bringing back, especially on the offensive side, and to your point, the defensive side, they're stacked on both sides. But again, it, it'll be a huge battle with West to take this district championship in District 7. Yeah, and keep an eye on running back Casey Ken. I saw that guy the, play on JV last year, and he beat the dog out of anybody that try to tackle him. He's going to be really, really good. It's just the surge of... I mean, Grandview's always had talented football players, but especially now that they're winning and the, the standard of excellence, again, has changed. It, I mean, it changes your program from top to bottom. I mean, those state championship games, you see those, there's those sixth and seventh grade kids that saw those teams and be like, I want to be like them. I want to do that. So they put in the extra effort and work harder to fight their way up and reach that level of excellence. And again, to your point, a very young player and you know seeing that type of change in your program it really helps with developing players and when you bring those young players when young players like sophomores and freshmen are able to contribute it only helps your team much more mm-hmm. and then again the West Trojans now they will turn nine starters from a 13 team win a year ago again they went undefeated all year until they until the fourth round where they lost to an eventual state semifinalist in Mount Vernon but again they were a lot as well. They re- return their running back, Terry McCutcheon, and they return arguably one of the best offensive and defensive linemen in the state in Cash Fuller. Yeah, and I think the difference between Grandview and West, because I really thought that I would put West number one, but when you look at the defense, West returns three on defense, and I, I love Coach Woodard. He just reloads. He doesn't rebuild. He's always going to put a great, a good, solid team out there, but I just don't know how they're going to fill the holes. I mean, you're missing a lot of starters on defense. 
And that's why I thought Grandview's probably going to win this too. But I really wanted to put West up there because, man, they were 13-1. Like you said, Fuller, uh, Terry McCutcheon, they returned Zane Minan. Easton Paxson had seven picks last year on the defense side of the ball. They're missing Wolf, who was a playmaker, game-breaker last year. Uh, they're going to be solid, and it's going to be fun to watch these two teams play. Yes, it'll be extremely exciting when both those teams play for that district championship crown. But don't overlook the Whitney Wildcats. They return eight starters from a second round playoff team a year ago but they'll be doing it under the leadership of a new head coach and new coaching staff led by David Haynes Jr. but you can't overlook the fact he brought his son Trey Haynes who's an absolute stud at the linebacker position and he's going to help anchor this defense to take a step above than what it was the last two seasons. Yeah that's kind of a a theme here for this district is if you look at Grandview, they got two outstanding linebackers. You look at Whitney, they bring in Haynes. They got the returner, uh, Tegan Winkler, at linebacker. You look at Maypearl, they got a good set of linebackers. I know West is going to put some good linebackers. So that's pretty awesome that, hey, these are line, you got a good theme of linebackers and offensive linemen in this district. I mean, also. It's talent across the board for teams one through four. And even so, the Dallas schools, they have talent across the board, but they just never seem to play up to their potential with the athleticism that they have across the board so again we I, my final picks I'll have Grandview at number one West two Whitney three and then May Pearl at four and is it do you agree with that I agree with that and, and what's going to be interesting to watch uh, with Whitney is they've got a brand new offensive scheme a brand new quarterback the Garrett Peacock's gone three year two and a half year starter so they got a lefty and Mason Seeley who's getting the most reps right now I really think they've got probably one potentially one of the best playmakers in the district and Jared Anderson if we can get him the ball and like you said about Cash Fuller uh, one probably one of the best 3A offensive linemen in the state and Canyon Massengill now they've got some pieces uh, the offensive line is not probably what they thought it was going to be when the year started due to injuries and stuff. So they've got some pieces to put together. They've got speed to burn. They've got plenty of speed on offense. I think the secondary is going to be very inexperienced. They're going to be young. So there's a few things they have to fix, but uh, I see this team being quite comfortably in third place. Yeah, absolutely. And again, going back to their offense, it's a completely different change of pace. With Coach Mark Bird for the last few years, he's been a very slow and methodical burn the clock, run the ball drive and then you bring in Coach David Hayden Jr., complete opposite. Tempo, get on the line, get your get your hand in the dirt, snap the ball, let's go. Yep. So it'll be it'll be intriguing to see how the Wildcats adjust to this different level of pace as far as the offense is concerned. But I agree, I think they sit comfortably at that third playoff spot. And in the fourth spot will be the May Pearl Panthers, a team that will return 12 starters from the playoff team a year ago. And again, to your point, they return a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and they get a new coach. He was on staff last year after uh, Coach Reapy, Sam Reapy left. Uh, they get four or five offensive linemen coming back. They got good linebackers. I think they're going to be good in the trenches, but we got to see what kind of skill kids they're going to bring back. And again, again, if you're good, if you're good up front, you you have a chance. Exactly. You know, if you control the trenches, you always have a chance to win. And Maypearl, with the experience they bring back, they absolutely have a chance to do that. But again, with all these you know Dallas schools that are in this district, I think Maypearl they might be in a slight battle with Dallas Madison to take the spot, but I, I think they overtake. Madison and take that fourth playoff spot. 
we'll stay in 3A Division One now as we'll move to District 8. And, again, it's one, another one of those districts that it does have talent across the board, but I think there's one clear-cut favorite here in the Malakoff Tigers. No, I agree. It's uh, death, taxes, and Malakoff's going to go three to four rounds deep every year. Absolutely. And uh, they're just – you know, they're losing a few, but it's just going to be the same old Malakoff. They're going to be good. They're it's going to be hard to beat. It's just one of those programs that's just historically good. It's one of those programs that, again, we we talk about West and Glen Rose. It's not teams – they don't rebuild. They reload, and they do that every year. But they do return a lot of experience. 14 total starters on a nine-win, three-round deep playoff team a year ago. And a lot like these other teams we've been talking about, they return a lot on the defensive side of the ball. But their offense should not be over. And, again, I think I agree with Dave Campbell's football, Texas football here. I think the Grosbeck Goats have the second spot on lock as well. Thirteen players, six on the offensive side of the ball. That includes their quarterback, Alan Lewis. Yeah, Alan Lewis, four-year starter. Tall, lanky kid, can sling the rock, can run. Uh, They're returning some skill kids. Uh, their D is led by Big Braden Hurt, 6'5", 250. They're going to be solid. Uh, I mean, I think Mejia has a chance to finish second in that district just because they're moving down. They return a lot of kids, 10 on offense, 7 on defense. It'll be interesting. I mean, yeah, Mejia was only a two-win team a year ago, but they returned 17 starters, 10 of which are on the offensive side of the ball. So they could easily fight for that second or third third playoff spot. And again, Malakoff being the top favorite in this district, I think Grosbeck's a a good option to take that second spot because they returned 13 starters from a team that won eight games a year ago, and a big reason for that on the offensive side of the ball is that they'll be bringing back their quarterback, Alan Lewis. Yeah, he's a four-year starter. Uh, I just really think it's going to be a dogfight between Mejia and Grosbeck, and that's awesome because they're, what, 10 miles apart from each other? Yeah. Back in the same district, Mejia comes down. Uh, Grosbeck returns some skill kids. they got a big defensive lineman, Braden Hurts. 65250 causes problems. Uh, yeah, I think it's a coin toss between Grosbeck and Mejia. Yes, I, I agree as well. Again, and looking at Mejia, they only won two two games a year ago, but they do move down a division and they return 17 starters, including 10 on the offensive side of the ball. So that'll help them a lot as they'll be returning their running back, DeAndre Sandals, and their quarterback, Nate Burns. And they do return some of their offensive linemen as well. So it'll be interesting to see how Mejia fares at the 3A Division One level. And who knows, they could overtake Grosbeck to take that second spot. We'll just have to see. But it's not out of the realm of possibility, again, returning 17 starters, that definitely helps. Yeah, and then on that back end of the district, you got Fairfield and Teague trying to get back to where they once were. Yes. Uh, man, I, there was a time where Teague, you didn't want anything to do with those guys. Nope. They're, they've been down a year or two. I think they're on the right track, but the second year for this head coach, they've got some skilled kids. They've got some interior guys. So I look for them to get better. Fairfield, you know, the days of Larry Rose are gone, and uh, I'd like to see them get better. They made the playoffs last year, so it'll be interesting to see if those two guys duke it out. And, you know, if you look at Kemp, five years ago, Kemp was knocking off Grandview. It's just uh, it's, it's really a top-heavy, and then you got a, a bunch of middle guys, and you got yeah, Kemp I mean, at the bottom. The, the one spot, again, is pretty much on lock, but, again, those two through four spots could go in any order. I mean, Grosbeck seems to be the favorite to take that second spot, but, again, when you have teams like Mejia moving down a division and returning his 
as many starters as they do. And again, they only won two games last year, but they made the playoffs still. They were in a five-team district mm-hmm. and were able to get a district win to get into the playoffs. So they have playoff experience, and they return 17 starters from that playoff team and moving down in division, so I think that will help them as well. So it, it would not surprise us at all if they took this number two spot or even pushed Malakoff a little bit, which is not to say that they'll beat Malakoff, but, I mean, it could be the team that pushes them more than any other. And before we move on to our next district, we have, we're very fortunate to have this little segment where we talk with Matt Stepp, the Texas high school football insider for Dave Campbell's Texas football. And Matt, fortunately, has agreed to answer a weekly question in which we will talk about his answer on the show here and for his very first question for our segment uh, we were talking about the district that we're about to go in 3A Division 1 District 11 and again hearkening back to the Stephenville China Spring 4A District as well and Kenny had a question for Matt Stepp and he says who do you think has a better chance at upsetting the two defending state champs by winning their district championship Little River Academy overtaking either Lorena or Franklin in 11-3 Division 1 or La Vega, another really good team, and that really tough Stephenville China Spring District, which team has a better chance to overcome those odds? And Matt Stepp's answer was, this is a really interesting question because the parallels are stark. Both Little River Academy and La Vega return a large amount of starters from very successful teams, but both but both teams got placed in brutal district races with not one but two defending state champions. And if you put a sports gun to my head and maybe me pick, I would take the Bumblebees. I think they've got a more complete team heading into 2022, and I think Lorena and Franklin have more questions uh, than Stephenville and China Spring do, respectively. And that that makes sense as well. I mean, yes, Franklin and Lorena were both the 3A champions, but the Franklin Lions, won, they bring back 11 starters from their undefeated team. They do lose two of their stud running backs from last year's state championship team, but they do return one of them in Bryson Washington. Yeah, and I think that's really all you need. I think if you got Bryson Washington coming back, you got to continue to keep on clicking and uh, get things done. Yeah, they're they're very good up front as well. I mean, they, have, they had one of the best rushing attacks in the state last year, not only at the 3A level, but I think even beyond. And again, they only return 11 starters from an undefeated state championship team a year ago, but they have another district opponent that won the 3A Division I state championship a year ago in the Lorena Leopards, but again Lorena only returns 8 total starters, 3 on the offensive side of the ball, and a big reason they have to replace their quarterback from a year ago with a, a new junior quarterback and Jackson Generals, 5'7", quarterback, and again, I think relatively speaking, yes, they were both state championships a year ago, but I think Franklin brings a lot more back. I agree. And I think Lorena's going to have a really good defense with Gutshaw coming back. Henry, they've got that stud uh, receiver and Porter. But man, finding that quarterback, finding that uh, leader is going to be tough. And Little River Academy, man. I like, them. I like them to finish second in this district. 
I mean, and there's no reason to argue that because, yes, Lorena was a state championship year ago, but look at this. The Bumblebees of Little River Academy, 17 total starters returning from a 11-2 and regional semifinalist team a year ago. I mean, Coach Chris Lancaster has that program completely turned around. Yeah, they return a ton, a ton of kids. Offensive side of the ball, they're set. QB, you know, Mraz comes back almost 3,000 yards passing, 33 touchdowns. Wide receiver, Scout Brazil, 1,400 yards, 17 touchdowns. Like you said, eight on offense, nine on defense. I think this is their time. I think they're fixing to go make some noise, and I got them finishing second. Yes, and a lot of people don't. Like, I mean, myself included, I do have Lorena taking the number two spot because although it will be a battle with Franklin to get that number one spot, I think it I think it's Franklin's for the taking, honestly, because just with the lack of experience in this returning roster for the Leopards does have me concerned. And that's another reason why I, I can't hardly argue with your pick of of Little River Academy returning this much experience from an 11-win team a year ago to take over that number two spot. And then at the number four spot in this district, we... Well, I have Cameron Yo, and you said you had Rockdale, correct? I like Rockdale. I think this is going to be one of the best Battle of the Bells that we've seen in a long time because this may be for number four in the playoff spot. And I don't know why no one is talking about Rockdale's quarterback, Bladen Barkak. That dude was a sophomore last year, threw for 1,700 yards and 18 touchdowns, rushed for 550 yards and six touchdowns. He's got a trio of wide receivers with 25 catches or more. They're going to have some solid kids return on defense. I like Rockdale to finish fourth. And, again, that that rivalry between Cameron Young and Rockdale has just historically been amazing. And, you know, it's it's going to be a dogfight for that fourth playoff spot. I mean, again, if Rockdale takes off with just this young talent that they have, it doesn't – it might – not be a stretch to say that they could battle Little River Academy for that third spot or Lorena or whatever the case may be. Again, this is, in my opinion, the overall best, you know, talented, historically driven teams in this district, just from top to bottom, teams that are historically really good, and all of them bring a lot back. And when you have two state championship teams returning in your district, that that makes it a a exciting season for every Friday night district play. You're going to get good football in this district. I agree. And uh, I think you got five teams in this district that could go to 50 to 60% of the districts in 3A and go win a district championship. Yeah, and there's no doubt about that. Moving down now to 3A Division Two, where we will start in District 7, which is uh, pretty interesting. You've got a couple Cedar Hill schools in this district in Newman and TLC. And then at, at number one in, the, in this district, I have the Palmer Bulldogs. What about you, Kenny? I got Palmer. Uh, and by the way, I believe Cedar Hill Newman is not going to play a varsity schedule this year. Really? So drop okay. them out of your top four. Yeah, Palmer. Palmer. I mean, I like Blooming Grove. There, we I saw them last week in a scrimmage. Pretty athletic. Got a really good running back in Kelton Bell. But I think the safe bet is let's go with Palmer. Yes, fourteen starters from eight and two team a year ago. They went undefeated in district, by the way. And it'll be interesting because they have again seven time seven starters on both sides of the ball, including the two time district MVP running back Braylon Lopez. So that helps as well. And and again, looking at this district, I mean, Palmer, you could say they're a clear-cut 
favorite, but I mean, I guess relatively speaking, they could be. But I guess you look at playoff spots two, two through four. I mean, it, it could be anyone's for the taking. But taking Newman out of the equation, there's the other Cedar Hill team in TLC. There's Corsicana, Mildred, Rice, and Scurry Rosser, who's a playoff team a year ago. That's a that's a program that's on the rise. Yeah, and I think they're on the rise in several sports because uh, we've seen them in baseball and football, uh, basketball. So I think there's a good group of athletes over there, and uh, I'm good with them at second. Yeah, Coach Coach Jeff Cleveland over there at Scurry Ross returns 25 lettermen, 15 starters from a playoff team a year ago. And a big part of that is they'll be bringing back their quarterback, Tanner Vaughn, and he'll be bringing back two of his wide receivers and his running back into Sean Wren. So it'll be interesting to see a lot of talent. Uh, Scurry Rosser is one of those teams that has always had a lot of talent but seemed to underachieve. Could that be coaching or who knows? But Jeff Cleveland definitely has this team turned around and having, again, 15 stars returning, that that helps them in this district. I have them at taking the second-place spot behind Palmer. What about you? Yeah, I like them at second. And then at three, you got Bloomer Grove coming in. Uh, I like their uh, Kelton Bell. That dude's an athlete. He played a lot of running back last year. He played receiver. Guy can do it all. I think it returns kicks for him. He's going to be a dude to watch. And so at the number three spot in this district, I actually have Cedar Hill TLC. They return 18 starters from a team that, that did go four and six, but they did play for a TCAL D1 state championship a year ago in their division. But now that they're in UIL, the question is, in UIL district play, the level of competition is definitely different than what they're used to. But I think with the talent and the experience they have returning, they have a good chance to earn a playoff spot in this district. And at this number four spot, again, to your point, Blooming Grove, they returned that stud running back, and I think that helps them earn a playoff spot in this district. They do return 11 starters, and they were a playoff team a year ago. And that athlete, Kelton Bell, six foot 170. Uh, Kelton Bell rushed for 525 yards and caught 314 yards worth of passes. So, I mean, absolute stud. And they do return some help on the defense as well. And, I mean, last year was Coach Jeremy Gant first year as a head coach and he took the Lions to the playoffs and so you know they return 11 starters from that team so that might help them as well and again on the defensive side of the ball they bring back their linebacker Trent Nicholson the 6'1 190 linebacker who had over 100 tackles for the Lions last year so that helps them and I, I think they'll they'll ride those talent and having the new coach to take that fourth playoff spot our final 3A district now will be district 13 3 Division two, and this is again a t- sort of a top-heavy district, I would say. But I mean, Buffalo and Clifton do have recent success. But I mean, Lexington has been consistently pretty good the last few years. I mean, they returned 15 starters from a playoff team a year ago. I have them finishing number one. What about you, Kenny? I agree. I think uh, Lexington's always going to have athletes. They're always yes. going to have some speed. They got a little bit returning on defense, and like you said, seven on offense, eight on defense. I feel good about uh, picking Lexington number one. I I agree as well. And then we also have the Rogers Eagles in this district. I have them at number two. They were a playoff team a year ago, but they only returned four starters on offense and five on defense. They were, they graduated a large senior class last year. But, however, 
you know, I mean, they have a lack of depth at their positions, and but they're really good up front, and that's always the case with the Rodgers. And with Coach Charlie Roten, he's been there for a while now, so that system is in place. The players know from sixth grade up what's, what's going on, what they're doing. So that'll help them knowing the system. But, I mean, again, they lose Christian Riley, who is their do-it-all utility player for the last few years, and their quarterback, Riley Dolgener. They lost him to Harden Simmons. So, I mean, they have a lot to replace. But, again, with, you know, the system and the coaching staff, I think they'll be I think they'll be good enough to come up here and take that second plot, playoff yeah, spot. that's a big blow, losing uh, Christian Riley and the quarterback. Uh, now, they return some offensive linemen. I think they're going to probably reload at the skill positions, that, you know, just kind of a plug-and-play offense, that gunner offense, just get you a running back in there and uh, continue on with the system. So, yeah, I like Rodgers at two. And then at number three, I actually have Elkhart's, believe it or not, taking the number three spot. <laughs> I so, like it. I like it. So what about you? I, you know, I'm going to go with the status quo with the magazine Buffalo. Uh, they were down when uh, Coach Houston left. They had a really good team two years ago. Took a Franklin team to the – just basically to the last – couple of minutes out of Waco ISD. Last year they were kind of down. Uh, what did they do last year? They were 2-8, uh, and 1-5. So they got a second year for coach, uh, their new coach. Uh, I'll go with Buffalo and I kind of like Clifton at 4. And my reasoning for Elkhart at 3rd, I mean, they have they're they're coming back and they have a lot of confidence. They they were playing in 3A Division 1 the last two years, so they moved down to 3A Division 2. And they were only 4-6 and six a year ago, but they were returned 14 starters and including three of their five offensive linemen. So I think that helps as well. And they return their running back, Taylor Stafford. But uh, aside from them, they will be, you know, they will have some young players. But overall, they do bring a lot of experience, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Well said. Who you got for four? Four, I have Clifton taking the fourth spot. So Clifton has a new coach this year, Coach Brent Finney. He was an assistant coach underneath uh, Coach. What's his name? Went to Crumb. Uh, when, I, when I hear uh, Crum, I think of that coach who he he went to Joshua after Crum, Gary Robinson. Yeah. That's who I think of. So I'll go Clifton. They've got new, uh, all these players lifted. But I think they've got a really a pretty strong sophomore class. Mm-hmm. So they may be a year or two away. I've heard different. They will be. They might be three or four years away. But I like them at number four. Yeah, thirteen third returning starters. I mean, I mean, but they feel like they're poised to finish in the top three. And they haven't been in the playoffs since twenty nineteen, but they. I think they have, even though they're young, they have a squad to come back. And, you know, although they will be young, the group the group of upperclassmen that they have, the juniors and seniors, have stepped up and been really big leaders for this team. So I, I feel like they'll, for the first time in three years, they'll make the playoffs out of this district as well. Now moving down to our last division, the two-way class, and we'll start with Class 2A Division 1, District 5. And, again, this is a very top-heavy district with Coleman and Toller. And how many wins did Toller have last year? Toller won 10 games, 10 and 3. So the top two spots, the top two teams had a total of 21 wins last year. And I have Coleman, the Blue Cats, in number one. And they returned 15 starters from last year's 11-1 and one regional semifinalist team. And... A big reason for that is they returned their quarterback, Jaden Jackson, who was really good a year ago. And uh, they will be pretty young, but they do move to Region 2, which is probably – 
probably a bit tougher than what they're used to, but again, they return with a lot of experience. And you have the Toller Rattlers in number one. Yeah, I like Toller. Uh, man, I really like that quarterback. I don't want to butcher his name. Jackson LeClues, I believe. Uh, three-year starter. I saw them play once last year, I believe, against Crawford. They lost, but man, they were game. Uh, didn't give up. And I think Toller's going to have something to prove this year. And having that you know, deep playoff experience, I mean, it says here that the quarterback Lacluse had twenty nine has twenty nine starts under his belt, entering, you know, his I believe his third season at quarterback for the Rattlers or his four, it is his senior years, yeah. So his fourth season with the Rattlers, so that helps as well. I mean, and he returns, you know, the athlete White Jones, and he returns most of his offensive line. So it'll be it'll be exciting to see what the Rattlers do when when the blue when the Blue Cats and the Rattlers play this year. It's going to be a battle for that district championship spot. Yeah, sign me up. I'd love to watch that game. Coleman, they've been pretty, pretty stout here the last couple of years. And like you said, they just returned the house, and it's going to be a good good, good time there. And then at the three or four playoff spots in this district, I mean, it could it could be anyone's between Hamilton, Goldwood, and San Saba. I mean – I mean, looking at San Saba, the Armadillos—they they didn't do too great last year. They went two and nine, but they did get a playoff game under their belt, and they only graduated seven seniors from last year's team. So they do have some experience coming back, including their quarterback Lance Taylor. Uh, I do have them at number five, but I absolutely wouldn't be surprised to see them take over Hamilton or both way for the third or fourth spot. Yeah, Hamilton. Uh, Coach Casey Jones, he moved on to Lindsay, so now they got the uh, former OC at Hamilton, Ryan Marwitz. So they're not, you're not going to see a big change in scheme or anything like that. So maybe it's just business as usual with Hamilton, and that may help them out. And I like them at three. Yes, I have uh, Hamilton at three as well. And at number four, I do have Goldthwaite returning 10 starters from a playoff team a year ago. They do have to replace their quarterback position, but they do return their running back, Carson Campbell, and Cutter Campbell as well, and they do return a stud offensive lineman and AJ McCoy, 6'3, 305 pounds, which at the 2A level is very, very rare. That's a big boy. Yeah, I'm kind of a coin flip between Gothwaite and San Saba. Uh, I'd like to see the Armadillos uh, do a little better this year. Great uh, atmosphere down there at their stadium. So, uh, yeah, I'll flip a coin. Now, moving over to District 7, 2A Division 1, where again, this is is one of the districts where it could be anyone's for the taking. It's a very, very stout district with Italy and Rio Vista. But, I mean, Rio Vista, looking at them historically, they haven't been there, you know, not a lot of success recently. But, I mean, last year they, they did go 3-6, and six, but they returned 20 of their 22 starters from last year's team, and that includes their quarterback, Taylor Pritchett. Yeah, I think Coach Casey Blight does a good job over there. You know, don't forget, two years ago they were in the playoff, and they gave Italy all they wanted. I mean, it came down to the last second. A couple of trick plays, return kick. Uh, I like Rio Vista to win the district. Uh, I like Italy, but I just I think Italy's probably going to be missing a little bit. They, they lost quarterback, running back. So my money is on Rio Vista. 10-10 and 10 on offensive defense. Like you said, Taylor Pritchett, he's a really 
really good quarterback. He's a really good athlete. I think he plays all the sports over there. Uh, he's got a good group of receivers in Drew Coleman and Hunter Andrews. They're senior heavy. They could make a run here. Yeah, we're going against the grain here. We have Rio Vista number one, but we still, going back to Italy, we do have them at number two. They were 10-win team a year ago, and they returned 13 starters from that team. But, um, again, they did lose a lot. They're going to have to replace some very key parts of their offense. But I still think they have enough experience coming back to take that number two spot. And you have Axtell at number two, though, don't you? No, I'm going to go three. I'll, I'll three. stick with Italy, too. You know, and don't forget, Italy lost their head coach, Craig Horn. And in my opinion, Craig Horn is one of those coaches that has traditionally done more with less. If you look at when he was at Itasca, nine wins, eight wins. Hubbard, nine wins, eight wins. And gets to Tenehoff, finally has some talent, takes it to the state championship game. So don't forget, Italy is not just replacing their quarterback and their running backs. They're also replacing a pretty good head coach. Yes, but and that head coach, Craig Horn, the aforementioned coach, he moved over to Axtell. And Axtell, again, one of those programs that hasn't seen a lot of success recently. But they only graduated five seniors in last year's class. And again, 10, 10 starters returning. So they have some experience, including their quarterback Kelby Hollinsworth and then again to your point wherever coach coach Craig Horn goes it just seems like he can find like he knows where to put each player where they need to be to be as successful as possible and then he just he just wins yeah and that's the question so how long does it take for him to get there and to find out who's who where they go and in fact we got to ask him that question the question was, when taking over a new football program, how long does it take to generally get a feel for your kind of players? And over the years, it seems that you adapt to your offensive scheme, to your personnel. What type of offense do you plan on running with the Longhorns? Coach Horn said, it typically doesn't take long to get a feel for who the kids are and how they perceive themselves. What usually takes an offseason is changing their perception of reality and giving them confidence and a belief that they can be much better players than their abilities would other otherwise dictate we call and he calls it along with his team the acquisition of will and then for question two regarding the offense he said we as in his coaching staff have run the same system since 2007 both offensively and defensively but in their system is uh, verbiage and terminology that allows them to identify virtually anything that can that you can imagine on either side of the ball that you can see at any level collegiate or professional so fundamentally they can line up in just about anything or any formation that their talent would dictate, whether it would be the five wide receiver spread set or the old-fashioned wing tee. And he says, as of now in Axtell, they are running things similar to what his offense was at Italy. As every place I have been, the season will dictate how we progress and adapt to what success should look like in the Axtell Longhorn program. That's passion right there. I mean, again, just looking at his history he's taken over struggling programs like Axtell and turned them into winners so I mean I mean it's hard to argue that he could do the same thing here in Axtell I agree if there's anybody that can do it I think it's him and then again outside of the top four it's just really hard to say there's Itasca and Malakoff Crossroads that they just 
they've Itasca is another school that was pre- previously coached by Coach Horn, but they're just not a team that has a lot of success lately. So, I mean, I I, I think the the Wampus Cats of Itasca will improve a little bit this year, but definitely not enough to take over a playoff spot. I mean, they they do return 17 starters from last year's one and nine team, but they have to replace their quarterback and a couple of defensive starters as well. So we'll just have to see how they do. Staying in 2A Division 1, we'll be moving over to District 8 now, and this is, again, a very, very good district with Marlin, who was a state semifinalist a year ago, but they did lose uh, Darion Gallette to transfer, but he did end up getting injured. But they do bring back their running back, Trajan Butler, and then they also bring back their quarterback, Desmond Woodson. Desmond Woodson is from Marlin, but he moved in from Everman last season, and his first year quarterback and the first year under coach Ruben Torres for that matter went all the way to the state semifinals for the first time in a long time for Marlin so it was it was amazing to see the turnaround of last year and again they have the tools to make another deeper on the playoffs because they they returned 17 starters from that 11 and 14 a year ago so I mean Crawford's returning a lot as well but it I mean it's going to be a battle for that number one district spot yeah just looking at the numbers I guess you, you've got to go Marlon they've just got talent all over the field especially on the offensive side of the ball like you said Desmond Woodson I got to see him against Italy last year they lost that game but you could see that that team was getting better uh, man I think they had two or three uh, touchdowns called back like a wide receiver screen take it to the house so I think they got more discipline as the year went along they got a lot better I think uh, Desmond Woodson got better and uh, it sucks losing uh, Gillette but I think they're going to be just fine yeah absolutely and then again it's it's hard to choose a clear number one here because I mean Crawford coming back 15 starters on a 13 team one year ago but their that one loss was in the fourth round against those aforementioned Marlin Bulldogs, but they do bring back a lot of players. They bring back their quarterback uh, that is Luke Torbert, who almost rushed for a 1,000 yards and 14 touchdowns a year ago, and they do return a 1,000-yard rusher in Breck Chambers, who also rushed for 17 touchdowns last year. So, Again, 15 starters on a 13-team one year ago. They only graduated eight, so they have a lot coming back. And they could not easily, is probably not the right term, but they definitely have the best chance to overcome Marlin and take over that district championship spot. Yeah, they're just the black and gold machine, man. Marlin's, uh, Crawford's going to Crawford. They're going to come out, run that same offense, punch you in the mouth, and make you stop it. You know, you're not going to worry about unpredictable plays. They're going to run the same plays over and over and over until you stop it. And then again, uh, the so it'll be between Marlin and Crawford for sure to take that top district championship spot. But the three through four spots could be between Rosebud Lot, Bosqueville, and Riesel. Riesel, I think, is one of the more underrated teams coming back in the state. As they they do move. Move, uh, move. They move down from three A Division two to two A Division one, and but 
in three division two, they went two rounds deep last year, yeah. and they returned nine starters, and including three of their five offensive linemen are coming back too. So, and it'll again, we talked about it earlier. If you're good up front, you have a chance, especially when you're moving down. I think, I mean, they have a great chance to take the three, four, three or four spot, but uh, Rosebud Lot as well. They. They, I have them at number three. Rosebud Lock coach Brandon Hicks returns 15 starters from a playoff team a year ago, including again at the 2A level, offensive lineman Easton Fulton, 6'5, 300 pounds. I mean, at the 2A level, just having the you know, offensive lineman with that speed and that size, speed and athleticism, and he ran a 5'1 at 300 pounds. <laughs> That's good <laughs> for a big That boy. is incredible. So, I like Boskyville at three, and I think you're probably going to. A coin flip between Rosebud Lot and Riesel. Uh, Valley Mills, of course, they lost their uh, stud linebacker Haynes, whose dad now coaches at Whitney. And keep an eye on Moody. Uh, they got him, uh, Matt Hurst, assistant coach from Lorena, may uh, energize that group a little bit and turn that place around. And now we move on to our final district that we'll be covering this season, and that'll be District 10, 2A Division 2. And this is. This is cut clear and dry. This is Mart's district to lose by yeah, far. Mart in the field. Oh, what a great uh, program Coach Hoffman has down there. These guys. If, I mean, how do you live in a town where it's state championship or bust? Like, either you're playing in a state championship game or you had a horrible season. Yeah, it, it just seems like they always, for a town that small, they just always had this talent. And it's always been that way for decades now. I believe they're second or third on the all-time wins list in Texas high school football history. I mean, historically amazing program. They only returned nine starters from last year's semifinalist team. But, I mean, the players they have coming up at quarterback Jonah Ross, he got some time at JV last year and was really good. But they returned again their wide receiver Brandon Lundy, 6'3", 180, and a size that you don't see very often at the 2A Division II level. I mean, they just got talent across the board. Yeah, and they return a couple more Medlock kids. I mean, I've heard that name over the years. Yeah, they got three, Always, three yeah. Medlocks on their roster this Always, year. Always <laughs> uh, great athletes. So, I mean, again, it's Martin in the field. I have Wortham at number two. What about you? Yeah, I'm good with Wortham. Uh, Coach Coker over there, he's turned them around. They were seven and six last year. They returned eight and seven on offense and defense. I have no reason to believe they're not going to keep on trucking. I mean, only seven wins, but they made it to the third round of the playoffs last year. So, I mean, and they bring back a lot of experience. Again, to your point, 15 total starters returning. Then at the third spot, I have the Heiko Tigers at number three. Do you have them there? Yeah. Uh, you know, they've kind of struggled over the years. Mm-hmm. They used to be a, pre- a perennial playoff team. Uh, five and six last year, they returned seven. Uh, just out of no one else to pick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, yeah, and again, I think Heiko does take number three, but that number four playoff spot, it's pretty much flip your coin between. I have Hubbard, but there's also Dawson, Frost, and Meridian. So again, it's just flip your coin and whoever takes that fourth spot. But again, it just all boils down to this is March district to lose, and I mean, 
They ain't losing. We'll, let's just be straight up here. They're not losing. Yeah, and I'm interested in Dawson. This is Coach Jimmy Thompson's second year. He came over from a pretty successful program at Crockett. I think he moved this way to be closer to family. So I like. I know they were one and nine last year, but maybe he's got them maybe turned around and uh, playing where he thinks they should be. It'll definitely be an interesting to see where the two through four playoff spots fall in that district. And that'll do it for us. Thank you for tuning in to episode one of the Central Texas Football Podcast, where we broke down every district that we'll be covering throughout the 2022 season for the high school football in the Super Centex region. And join us next week as we will be previewing the week one games across the Super Centex region in Texas. We'll be previewing the best games and then giving our thoughts and predictions on scores. And so we hope you tune in with us throughout the season. And thanks again. My name is Ryan Fox. And I'm Kenny Heath. We appreciate it. Thank you, and have a good evening.